0: Hey and welcome on to NBA Recap. Today is Tuesday, December 21st and we had six games on in the NBA last night so let's get right into them. Starting off in Boston, the Celtics were just edged by the Philadelphia 76ers 108-103. In Chicago, the Bulls defeated the Rockets 133-118. In Memphis, the Thunder beat the Grizzlies 102-99. In Utah, the Jazz beat the Hornets 112-102. In San Francisco, the Warriors beat the Kings 113 to 98, and finally in Los Angeles, the Spurs beat the Clippers 116 to 92, and the Raptors magic game was postponed. So we will break all six of those games down in just a moment, but first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, so we start off today in Boston where the Celtics were just edged by the Philadelphia 76ers who were led by Joel Embiid. An incredible game for the process. Embiid, he had 41 points and 10 rebounds, and he was carrying this team late in the game. And they also got 26 from Seth Curry and 25 from Tobias Harris. They only got one point off the bench, which was incredible. Whereas the Celtics were led by Jalen Brown. He had 30 points, and they got 17 from Tatum. Robert Williams and Al Horford were both out for this game, so Ennis Freedom was in the starting lineup, and to say that they were missing the defense of Horford and Williams would be an understatement, to say the least, and Bede was just roasting everybody on the Celtics, particularly Ennis Freedom. Now, that being said, the Celtics actually did out-rebound the 76ers as a team, but they were very careless with the ball, they had 18 turnovers, and they shot pretty inefficiently, 46% from the field, just 25% from beyond the arc, that is not good enough When you combine that with the turnovers, Jason Tatum really had an off night. He was just 5 of 14 from the field, 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. Now, to be fair, the 76ers were also very sloppy with the ball, they had 17 turnovers, but the shooting was much better for them. They were 50% from the field and 40% from three, and so they were able to get this victory in the end. And they were actually leading throughout the beginning of this game. They outscored the Celtics 28 to 20 in the first quarter, and then they maintained that lead uh, throughout the first portion of the second quarter, but then eventually the Celtics had caught up by halftime. It was a two-point game going into the second half, and then it was just back and forth all throughout the second half. It was actually the Celtics who had the lead going into the fourth quarter. It was 80 to 75, and then they maintained a slight lead throughout most of the fourth until about four minutes to go. Jalen Brown hit a three-pointer that put the Celtics up by seven, but then they just went ice cold. They could not buy a bucket for a stretch of like uh, several minutes in a row. Matisse Dibble responded with a three-pointer, and Embiid and Tobias Harris got a couple of free throws, and then the clutch shot Danny Green with a three-pointer with one forty-three left on the clock. That finally gave the 76ers the lead, 99 to 98, and they never looked back from there. And and then throughout the final couple of minutes of this game it was the Joel and Embiid show he hit three back-to-back-to-back long two-pointers all contested all difficult shots the last one in particular was like falling away so just incredible shot making from the seven-footer and then he also hit a couple of free throws finally that helped ice the game so unfortunately for the Celtics Jason Tatum just didn't have it going and he wasn't able to match Joel and Embiid down the stretch that's what they really needed somebody to go toe-to-toe with him late but they just could not keep up and so the 76ers got this victory in the end and so they now improve to 16 and 15 with this win they are currently in sixth in the eastern conference tied with the wizards in seventh and one game up on a group of four teams from eighth all the way to 11th the hornets celtics raptors and hawks that are all six and a half games off the top spot so extremely tightly contested there in the middle of the eastern conference and the Sixers are two games behind the Miami Heat in fifth. They've got a negative 0.8 point differential, which is worse than a couple teams below them. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Boston Celtics, this loss takes them to 15-16. and 16. So they are currently in ninth, but they are right in the middle of that big group of teams. They've played more games than the Raptors and Hawks, so they're ahead of them on win percentage. And the Celtics are four and six in their last 10 games. They have a plus one point differential, which is actually better than the three teams ahead of them, but worse than three teams below them. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Sixers, as I mentioned, were led by Joel Embiid. He was just incredible, 41 points in 40 minutes in this game. It was the most minutes that he's played so far this season in a game that didn't go to overtime. He was 14 of 27 from the field, just one of five from beyond the arc, but 12 of 14 from the free throw line, and he had 10 rebounds, five assists, two steals, and four blocks as well. Insane numbers for Joel Embiid. Stuffing this stat sheet throughout, six combined steals and blocks is incredible, now he did have the five turnovers and he was plus four in the plus minus but nonetheless incredible stuff for Embiid especially down the stretch carrying the team he also got 26 points from Seth Curry in 40 minutes he was incredibly efficient 10 of 14 from the field three of three from beyond the arc and he had four rebounds seven assists and one steal he was plus 14 in the plus minus which was a team high and they got 25 from Tobias Harris in 41 minutes like Curry, he was very efficient, 7 of 13 from the field, he was also 3 of 3 from beyond the arc, and he was 8 of 10 from the free throw line. He had 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and then they also got 8 points from Danny Green in 40 minutes, but he was just 2 of 8 from 3. He had 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks, though, and 7 points from Matisse Thybul, rounding out the starting lineup. He actually fouled out of this game after 32 minutes, but he had 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals, and a block in that time. And off the bench, like I mentioned, they just got one point. It was the least amount that any team has scored off the bench since like 2015, according to ESPN Stats and Info. And it came from Isaiah Joe. He played 26 minutes. He was 0 of 2 from the field, but he was 1 of 2 from the free throw line, and he had 2 rebounds, and that was it. So almost nothing coming from the bench for the 76ers. The three other players to see the court just played 8 minutes or less... It was Charles Bassey, Aaron Henry, and the recent acquisition, Miles Powell. He was a G League guy who was about to play in the G League showcase, but the 76ers swooped in and signed him using their extra slot available due to all the COVID absences. And moving on to the Celtics, they also had a guy who they just signed using that same exception. It was C.J. Miles, the veteran, but he did not play in this game. He was a D and PCD. As for the players that did see the court, they were led by Jalen Brown in the starting lineup. He had 30 points in 34 minutes. He was 9 of 22 from the field, three three-pointers, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. He had five rebounds, four assists, two steals. He was negative eight in the plus minus, which was nearly a team low. If not for Marcus Smart, he was negative 10 in his 36 minutes, but he did have 15 points six rebounds three assists two steals on a block and two three-pointers as well he was six of ten from the field so pretty decent production from smart and they also got 15 points from Ennis Freedom in the starting lineup as I mentioned with no Robert Williams and no Al Horford in 40 minutes he was seven of ten from the field he had 11 rebounds and one steal but as I mentioned the defense was a struggle against Joel Embiid They also got 17 points from Jason Tatum in 39 minutes, but he was just 5 of 14 from the field. He missed all three of his three-point attempts. He had nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks, though, but he did have six turnovers. And eight points for Dennis Schroeder, rounding out the starting lineup. He was just 3 of 10 from the field, and he had three rebounds and one assist. And off the bench for the Celtics, they got 14 points from the sophomore, Peyton Pritchard. He has definitely come on a lot stronger lately. He had started the season very poorly, but he has been shooting the ball much more efficiently over the last few weeks. He was 6 of 9 from the field in this game. He had two three-pointers, three rebounds, two assists, and two steals. And then they also got four points from the other sophomore, Aaron Neesmith. Bruno Fernando and Romeo Langford saw the court but did not score. All right, and next up, we can move on to Chicago, where the Bulls got another victory, their second in two nights, defeating the Houston Rockets 133-118. to They were led by DeMar DeRozan once again. He had 26 points in 32 minutes, incredibly efficient, 11 of 18 from the field. And they also got 19 from Lonzo Ball and 18 from Nikola Vucevic. Whereas the Rockets were led by Christian Wood, he had 23 points and 11 rebounds. And they also got 16 from Sean Tate. And so I thought that since the Bulls are still missing Zach Levine, and since this was the second night of a back-to-back, and since they had just missed all that time, that they might be a little bit rusty in this game, or they might struggle to keep up that same level of intensity, but that was not the case at all. They were just incredible, shooting the lights out in Chicago. The Rockets were really good. They were 56% from the field, which was actually better than the Bulls. And they were 36% from three, that's not bad at all. But the Bulls were 53% from the field, so not quite as good as the Rockets, but still really good. But 45% from beyond the arc, that is just incredible. Specifically, it was Lonzo Ball who was four of nine from three and then off the bench, Alfonso McKinney was four of six from three and Kobe White was five of nine. So they were just raining three pointers down and they also were very clean with the ball, only eight turnovers versus 14 for the Rockets. So in the end, this was a comfortable victory for the Bulls. They outscored Houston from the jump. It was 35 to 26 after the first quarter, and then they expanded upon that lead even further in the second, outscoring the Rockets 38 to 28. So it was a 19-point game at halftime, and they maintained that big lead throughout the entire second half. The Rockets never were able to make any headway whatsoever. And so the Bulls cruised to victory once again. They are now 19-10 and 10 with this win in second in the Eastern Conference, one and a half games off the Brooklyn Nets in first and one game up on the Cleveland Cavaliers in third. And the Bulls are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and they have a plus 3.0 point differential, which is third best in the conference behind the Nets and Cavaliers. And as for the Houston Rockets, this loss takes them to 10-21, and 21. so they are in 14th in the Western Conference, tied with the New Orleans Pelicans in last, and they're one game behind the Thunder in 13th. The Rockets are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, as are the Pelicans, and they have a negative 6.7 point differential, which is second worst in the West, ahead of just the Thunder. Okay, so moving on to the box score, and Christian Wood unsurprisingly led the way for the Rockets. He had 23 points and 11 rebounds in 29 minutes. He was 8 of 14 from the field. He had one assist and one three-pointer. He was negative 14 in the plus-minus, though. That was a starter's low. They also got 16 from the sophomore, Jayshon Tate. In 22 minutes only, he was 7 of 13 from the field. He had five rebounds, six assists, and a three-pointer. They also got 15 points from Armani Brooks in 32 minutes. He was 6 of 13 from the field. He had three three three-pointers, four assists, and two steals. Ten points for Eric Gordon, the veteran, in 27 minutes, was two of four from beyond the arc. He had six assists. And Garrison Matthews, rounding out the starting lineup, had six points, four rebounds, two assists. And off the bench for the Rockets, they got 15 points from Kenyon Martin Jr. in 24 minutes. He was six of seven from the field, so very efficient stuff. And he had one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block. 10 points for Josh Christopher, the rookie, in 20 minutes. He was 3 of 5 from the field. He has just been shooting the lights out recently. He had 3 rebounds and 2 assists. He also got 8 points from the other rookie, Alperin Shingun, in 19 minutes. He was pretty efficient as well, 3 of 5, and he had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. He did have 5 turnovers, though. 7 points for the backup point guard, DJ Augustine. 6 for David Nwaba, and 2 points for another recent acquisition, and Queen, in 4 minutes. And as for the Chicago Bulls, they were led by DeMar DeRozan. He had 26 points in 32 minutes, 11 of 18 shooting, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, so incredible efficiency once again. He had 3 rebounds and 6 assists, and he was plus 10 in the plus minus. Just fantastic season here for DeMar DeRozan. They also got 19 from Lonzo Ball. He was a team high, plus 17 in the plus minus and 35 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 9 from beyond the arc, and he had 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals and a block fantastic production from ball and then they also got 18 points from Nikola Vucevic in 30 minutes he was 8 of 18 from the field he had two threes six rebounds four assists and two blocks and then four points for Javante Green in 27 minutes he had three rebounds four assists and then Alex Caruso rounding out the starting lineup did not score he only played six minutes before going out of this game And off the bench for the Bulls, they got 24 points from the backup point guard, Kobe White. In 32 minutes, he was 7 of 15 from the field, 5 of 9 from beyond the arc. He was just on fire in this game. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists as well. They also got 16 from Alfonso McKinney. He was on fire also. 4 of 6 from beyond the arc, and he had 5 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 block. They also got 11 points from Tyler Cook in 17 minutes, 8 points for Tony Bradley, 5 for Damian Dotson, and 2 for Marko Simonovic. All right. And next up, we can move on to Memphis, where the Grizzlies were defeated by the Oklahoma City Thunder 102 to 99. They got their revenge here on the Grizzlies for that 73 point demolition from a couple of weeks ago. Shea Gilders Alexander did not play in that game, but he was their leading scorer in this one with 23 points. And they also got 19 and 11 from Josh Giddey. Whereas the Grizzlies were led by Desmond Bain, the sophomore, he had 25 points. And they also got 19 from Dylan Brooks. John Morant made his return in this game. He had 16 points and eight assists in 28 minutes. And so after going like nine and two without him, the Grizzlies losing John Morant's first game back, disappointingly because they were actually up pretty big early on. They outscored the Thunder 28 to 16 in the first quarter, and they were able to maintain that lead throughout the first portion of the second quarter, but then they just went ice cold with about six minutes to go in the second. They could not buy a bucket for like four minutes in a row, and they allowed the Thunder to get back in this game, and by halftime, it was just a three-point game, 50 to 47. The Thunder had outscored the Grizzlies 31 to 22 in that second quarter, and then it was just back and forth throughout the second half. It was actually the Thunder that took the lead at one point in the third quarter but then the Grizzlies quickly came fighting back and then it was just a two-point game heading into the fourth quarter and then it was really close all the way throughout the fourth in the final couple of minutes there was some clutch shots Dylan Brooks, Shea Gildas-Alexander, John ja Morant, Josh Giddey were all just trading buckets throughout the final couple of minutes of this game it was just back and forth and back and forth eventually it turned into a free throw shooting contest Shea Gildas-Alexander made two free throws and then John ja Morant followed that up with two free throws Josh Giddy hit one of two with just five seconds to go, so the Thunder were up by four. And then Desmond Bain did get a tip shot, which cut the deficit to two, but they just kind of ran out of time. And the Thunder were able to hold on and get this victory. So a good win here for the plucky Oklahoma City Thunder. And they now improved to 10-19 and 19 with this win. So they're, as I mentioned, in 13th in the Western Conference, one game up on the Rockets and Pelicans in 14th and 15th and one and a half games behind the Spurs in 12th. And the Thunder have a negative 8.6 point differential, which is worst in the conference, but they're on a two game winning streak. They're four and six in their last 10. And as for the Memphis Grizzlies, this loss takes them to 19 and 13. So they're still in fourth in the Western Conference, three games behind the Utah Jazz in third, and two and a half games up on the Nuggets, Clippers, and Lakers in fifth, sixth, and seventh. And the Grizzlies are plus 2.3 in the point differential. That is fourth best in the conference but they're now on a two game losing streak. They are seven and three in their last 10. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Thunder, as I mentioned, were led by Shea. He had 23 points in 37 minutes. He was 8 of 19 from the field. He missed all five of his three-point attempts, but he was 7 of 8 from the free throw line, and he had five rebounds, four assists, three steals. They also got 12 points from Lou Dort in 36 minutes. He was not very efficient, 4 of 15 from the field, but he had three threes, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, and he was plus 13, which was by far the starter's high. They also got 19 points from the rookie Josh Giddy, one of his better games of the season thus far. He was 7 of 16 from the field. He had three three-pointers, five rebounds, 11 assists, and a steal. The only downside is that he was 2 of 6 from the free-throw line. And they also got six points from the veteran big man Derek Favors in 17 minutes, and five points from Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the other rookie, in 18 minutes. He had five rebounds. And off the bench for the Thunder, they got 13 points from Kenrich Williams in 23 minutes. He was five of six from the field. He also had a clutch three-pointer late in this game. He had three rebounds, one assist, one steal. Ten points for Darius Bazley in 24 minutes. He was four of seven from the field. He had seven rebounds, one assist, four blocks. They also got nine points from Mike Muscala in 15 minutes. He was plus 17. That was a team high. Three points for Alexey Pokashevsky and two points for Trey Mann. And as for the Memphis Grizzlies, they were led, as I mentioned, by Desmond Bain, the sophomore. He had 25 points in 36 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field, 5 of 9 from beyond the arc. And he had 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. They also got 19 points from Dylan Brooks in 35 minutes. He was 9 of 23 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. So not the most efficient game for Brooks. He had 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. 16 points for John Morant making his return in 28 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 15 for Jaron Jackson in 34 minutes. He was just 5 of 15 from the field, but he did have three three pointers with 6 rebounds and 2 steals. And Steven Adams rounding out the starting lineup had 14 rebounds, 3 assists to go along with his 3 points. And off the bench for the Grizzlies, they got eight points from Xavier Tillman, the backup big man, in 20 minutes. Five points for John Conchar, four for DeAnthony Melton, and four for Kyle Anderson. Alright, and next up we can move on to Utah, where the Jazz just held on to defeat the Charlotte Hornets, 112-102. It was a wild comeback attempt by the Charlotte Hornets in the fourth quarter, but the Jazz just held on and got the victory in the end thanks to a big night from Rudy Gobert, 23 points and 21 rebounds. And they also got 23 from Boyan Bogdanovich and 21 from Donovan Mitchell. Whereas the Hornets were led by Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges, both of whom had 21 points, and they got 20 from Terry Rozier. But like I said, this was a big comeback for the Charlotte Hornets. They were down big early on. The Jazz outscored Charlotte 35-16 to 16 in the first quarter. So it was a 20-point lead at the beginning of the second for the Jazz. But then the Hornets started to chip away slowly but surely at that lead. They outscored the Jazz 25-19 to 19 in the second. So the lead had dwindled down to 13 by halftime. And then the Hornets just kept the pressure on in the third quarter. By the end of the third, it was all the way down to six. It was 74 to 60 with 49 seconds to go in the third quarter after Ish Smith hit a three-pointer, so they had really chipped away at that lead almost entirely by the end of the third. But then at the very end of the third quarter, with like 49 seconds to go, Jordan Clarkson hit back-to-back three-pointers. And then at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Jazz actually continued to re-expand that lead, another three-pointer from Jordan Clarkson. So just like that, the Jazz had re-established a 17-point lead with nine minutes to go. So it looked like they were going to just pull away and secure this victory comfortably. But then once again, the Charlotte Hornets came storming back. Earlier in the game, their comebacks were slow and steady, but this time it was fast and furious. Terry Rozier hit three back-to-back-to-back three-pointers within the stretch of like one minute. That single-handedly cut the deficit to within double digits. And then incredibly, he hit a fourth three just a couple minutes later that cut the deficit to three points. It was 88 to 91 after Terry Rozier's fourth three-pointer in just the span of like several minutes. It was 438 left on the clock. And then a minute later, after Kelly Oubre got a dunk, the Hornets actually had the lead. It was 92 to 91, so incredible comeback executed by the Charlotte Hornets, but then Charlotte's atrocious defense, which has been their Achilles heel all season long, allowed the Jazz to get back in this game. And credit to the Jazz, they were very resilient to be able to fight back after this rousing comeback by the Hornets. But Boyan Bogdanovich hit a three-pointer himself with 2.22 left on the clock. LaMelo Ball actually responded with a three at that point, but then Bogdanovich hit another three-pointer with 150 left and that put the Jazz up by six. And then eventually the nail in the coffin was another three from Royce O'Neal with 51 seconds to go, putting the Jazz up by 11, 111 to 100. So a resilient win here for the Utah Jazz fighting back after the Hornets had taken the lead with just a couple minutes to go after being down big in this game. And if you just looked at the shooting splits and the turnovers, you would think that the Jazz definitely lost this one. They had 17 turnovers, which is part of the reason why the Hornets were able to get back into this game. They only had 13 and the Jazz shot the ball very inefficiently, just 35 percent from the field and 30% from beyond the arc. The Hornets weren't that much better, but they were 38% from the field and 34% from three. It was really the rebounding where the Jazz dominated the Hornets 68 to 51, thanks in large part to Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal grabbing a combined 34 rebounds. So that really gave the Jazz a lifeline in this game and allowed them to secure the victory in the end. And so with this win, the Jazz now improved to 21 and nine. So they're still in third in the Western Conference, three and a half games off the Suns Warriors in 1st and 2nd, and 3 games up on the Grizzlies in 4th. And the Jazz are 8-2 in their last 10 games. They have a plus 10.4 point differential, which is 2nd best in the league. The Jazz and the Warriors are just a cut above everybody else in the league in that regard. And as for the Charlotte Hornets, this loss takes them to 16 and 17. So they are in eighth right now in the Eastern Conference, but as we touched on before, very tightly contested. They're just a game behind the Wizards and 76ers, and they are one percentage point ahead of the Boston Celtics, and two percentage points ahead of the Raptors and Hawks in terms of the uh, win percentage because they've played two more games. The Hornets have a negative 2.2 point differential, and they've lost three games in a row now. They are three 3 and 7 in their last 10. All right, so moving on to the box score and the Hornets were led as I mentioned by LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. They were both 21 and 11 and they were both 8 of 20 from the field. Now Bridges had 11 rebounds, four assists and one steal. He also had five turnovers and Ball had 11 assists, six rebounds and one block. He had four turnovers and he was negative 14 in the plus minus, which was a starters low. They also got 20 points from Terry Rozier including those four clutch three-pointers in the fourth quarter he was 4 of 10 from 3 overall and he had 6 rebounds 4 assists Mason Plumlee the big man had four points in 26 minutes he had nine rebounds two assists one steal and one block and then Kelly Oubre Jr. rounding out the starting lineup got the start in place of Gordon Hayward he was experiencing lower back soreness so he did not play against his former team and Oubre had just five points in his stead he was two of nine from the field he had three rebounds one assist three steals. And off the bench for the Hornets, they got 14 points from Jalen McDaniels in 26 minutes. He was six of eight from the field. He had two threes, five rebounds, one steal, two blocks. They also got six points from PJ Washington in 20 minutes, six points from Nick Richards, the backup big man, three points for Ish Smith, and two for James Booknight, the rookie. And as for the Jazz, they were led by Rudy Gobert and Boyan Bogdanovich, both of whom had 23 points. Gobert also had 21 rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. He was incredibly 15 of 16 from the free throw line. That is just incredible stuff for Gobert. And then Bogdanovich was eight of 15 from the field overall. He had five three-pointers, two rebounds, and one steal. He was plus 19 in the plus minus which was a team high. They also got 21 points from Donovan Mitchell but he wasn't super efficient, 7 of 20 from the field, he had two threes, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 14 points for the point guard Mike Conley in 30 minutes he was just 4 of 13 from the field, 2 3 pointers, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 points for Royce O'Neal rounding out the starting lineup, he was ice cold in this game, 1 of 9, but he did have 13 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. And off the bench for the Jazz, they got 11 points from Jordan Clarkson in 22 minutes. He had those clutch three-pointers at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth to help stave off the comeback a little bit further from the Hornets. Eventually they did come back all the way, but Clarkson did his part to uh, keep the lead and he had five rebounds and one assist. They also got 6 points and 7 rebounds from the backup big man Hassan Whiteside. In just 12 minutes, he had 3 blocks. 6 points for Joe Ingles in 26 minutes. He had 5 rebounds and 4 assists. And 5 points for Rudy Gay in 18 minutes. He was ice cold though, 2 of 11 from the field. Alright, and next up we can move on to San Francisco where the Warriors defeated the Kings 113-98. The Warriors were led by Steph Curry, he had 30 points, and they also got a triple-double from Draymond Green, 16-11-10, and and they also got 18 from Damian Lee in the starting lineup. It was a shorthanded squad for both teams, there was no Jordan Poole and no Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors, whereas the Kings were led by Tyrese Halliburton, he had a nice double-double, 24 points and 11 assists, and they got double-digit scoring from all four of the other starters, 19 for Harrison Barnes, but they were also short-handed, no De'Aaron Fox and no Rashawn Holmes. So the Kings got down early. They were outscored by the Warriors 26-16 in the first quarter, and then the Warriors maintained a double-digit lead throughout the entire first half. Going into the second half, it was a 12-point advantage, but then the Kings came roaring back in the third quarter. They actually tied the game up with 228 left in the third quarter. It was 77 all, but then the Warriors started to pull away again by the end of the third, and then in the fourth quarter, they just laid the smackdown, outscoring the Kings 29-19 in the fourth. So by the end, it was a comfortable victory for the Warriors, but credit to the Kings, the shorthanded Kings, for making that comeback in the third quarter and making things interesting. But they just had too many turnovers, 21 versus 16 for the Warriors. And they actually shot the ball pretty well from three, 40 percent, which is the same as the Warriors. But they were only 44 percent from the field, whereas the Warriors overall were 52 percent. That is really good shooting by Golden State. And they also out-rebounded the Kings. So, once again, a dominant victory uh, for the Golden State Warriors. They now improve to 25-6 with this win. So, still in second in the Western Conference, just behind the Phoenix Suns. And they are three and a half games up on the Utah Jazz in third. But they now have the best point differential in the league, once again, at plus ten and a half. And they're seven and three in their last ten games. As for the Sacramento Kings, this loss takes them to 13-19. and 19. So they're in 11th in the Western Conference, half a game behind the Portland Trailblazers in 10th, and just ahead of the Spurs in 12th. One and a half games up on the Thunder in 13th. The Kings had briefly stolen that 10th seed away from the Blazers, that final play-in spot, but the Blazers have now won two games in a row and have taken it back, and so the Kings are negative 3.5 in the point differential, which is fourth worst in the West, and they're 5-5 five five in their last ten. Okay, so moving on to the box score, and Sacramento, as I mentioned, was led by Tyrese Halliburton, the sophomore. He's been really solid lately with some of their absences. He had 24 points in this game in 41 minutes. He was eight of 18 from the field. He had two three-pointers, four rebounds, 11 assists, and three steals. Incredible production from Halliburton. And they also got 19 from Harrison Barnes in 37 minutes. He was six of 11 from the field. He had four threes, six rebounds, three assists, although he was negative 20 in the plus minus, which was by far the team low they got 18 points from buddy healed in 40 minutes he was 6 of 15 from the field all of his makes came from beyond the arc he had five rebounds two assists four steals 10 points for tristan thompson in 27 minutes he had nine rebounds one assist one steal and 16 points for chemezi metu rounding out the starting lineup he was 7 of 12 from the field he had six rebounds three assists one steal one block And off the bench for the Kings, they got seven points from Mo Harkless in 25 minutes and just two points for Jamarius Ramsey and Justin Robinson. And as for the Golden State Warriors, they were led by Steph Curry, of course. He had 30 points in 36 minutes. He was 13 of 27 from the field. He had four three-pointers, three rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. And he was plus 16 in the plus minus, which was a team high, along with Andre Iguodala off the bench. They also got 18 points from Damian Lee in the starting lineup in place of Jordan Poole. He was 7 of 8 from the field and 4 of 4 from beyond the arc. So fantastic uh, efficiency for Lee and he had 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. 16 points for Draymond Green. He had the triple-double, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Really solid fantasy production from Green and he was efficient too, 7 of 11 from the field. He did have 5 turnovers though. Two points for the rookie, Jonathan Kaminga, in the starting lineup, but he only played six minutes. He was one of four from the field. And Kavon Looney rounding out the starters did not score. He just had two rebounds in 16 minutes. And off the bench for the Warriors, they got double-digit scoring from three guys. Twelve points for Gary Payton the second in eighteen minutes. He was five of nine from the field. He had six rebounds, three steals, twelve points as well for Otto Porter Jr. He played twenty-nine minutes and he was five of nine from the field. He stuffed the stat sheet. He had five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and four blocks. And then ten points for the other veteran wing off the bench for the Warriors, Andre Iguodala. He had two threes and six rebounds. And like I said, he was plus sixteen in the plus-minus. And they also got six points from Juan Toscano-Anderson, four from Nemanja Bialica, and three from Chris Chioza. Okay, and finally we can move on to Los Angeles where the Clippers were defeated by the San Antonio Spurs, 116-92. to This was a comfortable win in the end for the Spurs who were led by DeJounte Murray, another really solid triple-double. He is one of the leaders in the league in terms of triple-doubles. He had 24 points, 12 rebounds, and 13 assists with four steals. Incredible production from Murray, and he also had four three-pointers. And they also got 17 and 11 from Jakob Purtle, whereas the Clippers were led by Paul George making his return. He had 25 points in 31 minutes, a nice line for him, six rebounds, six assists, three steals. But unfortunately for the Clippers, George was pretty much the only player who had a meaningful contribution. Everybody else had 12 points or less. And in the end, they shot the ball pretty inefficiently. They were just 38% from the field and 28% from beyond the arc. The Spurs were 43% from the field and 32% from three. So not exactly stellar shooting from them either, but a lot better than the Clippers. And they only had 12 turnovers. They dominated on the boards, 67 to 43. So this was a comfortable win in the end for the Spurs. They outscored the Clippers 35 to 27 in the first, 27 to 21 in the second, and then it was really the third quarter where they blew this game open. They outscored the Clippers 30 to 17 in the third. So this was a total blowout by the fourth quarter. It was a nearly a 30-point game going into the fourth. And so a nice dominating win here for San Antonio. And so with this win, they now improved to 12 and 18. So they are still in 12th. They just cannot get out of that 12th seed. Similar to the Pacers in the East, they can't get out of that 13th seed, but the Spurs are just behind the Kings in 11th Uh, they've played two less games and they are half a game behind the Portland Trailblazers in 10th so they could just jump up into that play-in game range if they could string a couple wins together but they've been a pretty inconsistent team so far this season it seems like they get up for the big teams but then falter against some of the lower teams in the standings and they're five and five in their last 10 they have an exactly neutral point differential 0.0 which is actually better than several teams ahead of them and as for the L.A. Clippers, this loss takes them to 16 and 15. So they are tied with their crosstown rivals, the L.A. Lakers. The Clips are in sixth. The Lakers are in seventh. They are just behind the Nuggets in fifth. And they're half a game up on the Timberwolves in eighth. So like the Eastern Conference, the middle of the West is very tightly contested. And the Clippers are plus 0.2 in the point differential, which is about where they should be in the conference standings. But they are on a three-game losing streak, and they're 5-5 five and five in their last ten. Okay, so moving on to the box score, and the Spurs, as I mentioned, were led by DeJounte Murray, another really solid performance from him, especially from a fantasy perspective, 24 points in 31 minutes. He was 10 of 22 from the field, four of six from beyond the arc, and he had 12 rebounds, 13 assists, and four steals. He was plus 16 in the plus minus, so just incredible stuff for the point guard, DeJounte Murray. And they also got a nice double-double from Jakob Pertl, 17 and 11, with five assists, three steals, and two blocks. So really insane production from those two, Pertle and Murray. And then they also got 16 points from Doug McDermott, making his return in 25 minutes. He had two threes, two assists, 12 points, and 12 rebounds for Keldon Johnson. He had two three-pointers, one assist, one steal, one block. And Derek White, rounding out the starting lineup, had 15 points in 30 minutes. He was only 6 of 14 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3. He had 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal, but he was plus 22 in the plus-minus, which was a team high. And off the bench for the Spurs, they got 10 points from the veteran shooting guard, Bryn Forbes. In 18 minutes, he was 4 of 9 from the field. He had 2 threes, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. 6 points for Lonnie Walker. In 15 minutes, he was 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. And 6 points as well for Devin Vassell. He was 0 of 4 from beyond the arc, although he did have 8 rebounds and 3 assists. And he was plus 21 in the plus-minus. And then they also got 8 points from the backup big man, Jock Landell. He had 5 rebounds and 2 points for Keita Bates-Giop. And as for the Clippers, they were led by Paul George, making his return after missing a couple games. He had 25 points in 31 minutes. He was 8 of 18 from the field. He had three threes, six rebounds, six assists, and three steals. So nice production there from George. And the rest of the starters didn't do a whole lot. 12 points and 12 rebounds for Evita Zubots in 27 minutes. He was 5 of 9 from the field. He had one assist and three blocks, although he was negative 16 in the plus minus. The team low in that regard was Luke Kennard. He was negative 18 in 28 minutes he was just two of eight from the field he had five points two rebounds one assist one steal 11 points for Terrence Mann in 37 minutes he had four rebounds five assists he was filling in as there was no Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson rounding out the starting lineup had 10 points in 20 minutes he was four of 12 from the field And off the bench for the Clips, they got nine points from Eric Bledsoe, the point guard, in 24 minutes was three of six from the field. He had five rebounds, three assists. Eight points for Brandon Boston Jr., the rookie. He was just four of 13 from the field. He had three rebounds. Four points for Serge Ibaka. His struggles continue. He was just one of six from the field, but he did have eight rebounds. Five points for Justice Winslow in 11 minutes and three points for Nick Batum. He was also not very efficient. One of four from the field. All right, and that will do it for our box score breakdown. So we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had a couple of really good options for standout line of the night. So just to run through a couple of the options, you got 19 points and eight assists with five steals from Lonzo Ball. Rudy Gobert had that big 20 and 20 game, 23 points and 21 rebounds. Jakob Pertle also had a productive double-double, 17 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, three steals, 24 and 11 for Tyrese Halberton, 26 for Seth Curry. And then the top three were probably Draymond Green, Joel Embiid, and DeJounte Murray. Draymond had the triple-double, 16, 11, and 10, with two steals and two blocks. So that was a fantastic line in and of itself. But it had to either be Embiid or Murray. They both just had insane lines. It's really splitting hairs between the two of them. Murray had the triple-double, 24 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists, and four steals. And he had four three-pointers as well. So how could we not go with Murray in the end? But it had to be Joel Embiid. He had 41 points on four 14 of 27 shooting. He was 12 of 14 from the free throw line. He had one three pointer, 10 rebounds, five assists, two steals, and four blocks. Just insane production from Embiid. Murray didn't get to the free throw line at all, and he had zero blocks. Uh, Embiid did have more turnovers, um, and he was just one of five from the three point line. But nonetheless, the scoring, the six combined steals and blocks, the efficient free throws, it's all just too good to pass up for Joel Embiid. So he is your standout line of the night. And that's surprising line of the night there wasn't very many good options to pick from frankly a lot of the guys in the top of the fantasy production were all guys you would have expected so we're just going to have to go with otto porter with the golden state warriors he just had a nice line off the bench he had 12 points on five of nine shooting so pretty efficient two three-pointers five rebounds two assists one steal and four blocks that's what really put it over the top the five combined steals and blocks is really solid Jonathan Camingo was in the starting lineup, but he only ended up playing six minutes. So Porter was essentially the small forward for the Warriors in this game. And so good stuff for the veteran off the bench. He's having a renaissance season with the Warriors, and he is your surprising line of the night. And Joel Embiid is your standout line of the night. All right, and that will do it for fantasy. So we can now move on to our preview for tonight, Tuesday, December the 21st. And we have just five games on in the NBA today. There was supposed to be six, but the Brooklyn Nets-Washington Wizards game has been postponed, so starting off in Miami, the Heat are taking on the Indiana Pacers, and the Pacers are minus two and a half. In New York, the Knicks take on the Detroit Pistons, and the Knicks are minus nine and a half. In New Orleans, the Pelicans take on the Portland Trailblazers, and the Pelicans are minus one. In Dallas, the Mavericks take on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Wolves are minus one. And finally, in Los Angeles, the Lakers are taking on the Phoenix Suns, and the Suns are minus seven. Okay, so a couple of uh, close lines here. Uh, it's basically a pick'em between the Blazers and Pelicans, which frankly, I think that sounds about right. The Pelicans have been basically a 500 team over the past couple of weeks. And then it's a toss up as well with the Timberwolves and Mavericks. And that seems about right. I would probably lean towards the Timberwolves though in that one. Uh, They've been playing a lot better than the Mavericks recently. The Mavs are just four and six in their last 10 and they've lost two games in a row, whereas the Timberwolves are on a four game winning streak. They've been playing really well since they've gotten D'Angelo Russell back. They will be without Anthony Edwards again, but the Mavericks are also going to be without Luka Doncic. So actually, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to make this our best bet for today. It's going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves minus one in Dallas. They've had a really, uh, the Mavericks have had a really really bad home record as well recently so I don't have a lot of faith in them defending their home turf so I'm going to take the Timberwolves minus one and that's going to be our only best bet for today I was tempted by the LA Lakers plus seven at home versus the Suns just because that feels a little bit too high despite the fact that the Lakers are really struggling recently they're on a two-game losing streak and the Suns are just rolling at the moment they're on a three-game winning streak I just have a feeling that LeBron and Westbrook and maybe even Isaiah Thomas or Carmelo Anthony will rise to the occasion on this big matchup with the top team in the league LeBron going against his good buddy Chris Paul. I definitely think the Suns will win this game, but I just think the Lakers can keep things close. But in the end, I don't have enough faith in the Lakers, frankly, to go with that one as our best bet. Uh, so we're just going to take the Minnesota Timberwolves plus one in Dallas. All right. And that will do it for us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show on social, we're at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap those five games and to preview the action for Wednesday, December the 22nd. Until then, thanks for tuning in.